Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You are now listening to the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast, where we talk all things related to mental health, life lessons, and the culture. My goal is to help each and every listener pursue and center wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Shonda, licensed clinical psychologist. Now let's get into it. Somebody say it's a confidence for me. It's a confidence for me. I'm just going to say it confidently. Say it's the confidence for me. It's the confidence for me. It's the um, and based on those traumas that we experienced during slavery, some of those same behaviors, the attitudes, um, you know, the belief systems that we adopted as slaves can be passed down to generations after that. Um, and that is why we see like the hyper. Yeah, amen. You're a treasure, um, Dr. Chandra Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, thank you so I'm much. Shutting up and listening. I'm learning so much. Hey, what's going on, everybody? You are now tuned in to the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast, where we talk about all things related to mental wellness, life, the culture, and our faith. I am your host, Dr. Shonda, and I must say that I am very excited to be back here in the studio. It's been a minute <laughs> since I was able to connect with my bro, JR. He's been everywhere. He's been on tour. <laughs> <laughs> at Disneyland with HBCU week. Like it's been a lot of things happening. Um, and even with my schedule. So I'm glad we were able to coordinate schedules and get back into the stew. So if you are watching the video version of this, say thank you, JR in the comments so we can show him some love. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to be here again with you for another episode. We got some interesting things to talk about. I don't know why people like calling me right in the middle of the podcast, but we got some interesting things to talk about and I cannot wait to get into it. First things first, if you are not subscribed to the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast, what I need you to do is I need you to go to wherever you're listening to this audio podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever else you're listening, I need you to, sus- to subscribe, to follow, do whatever else you need to do in order to make sure you are tuned in and tapped in in order to receive everything that you can from this podcast. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Each and every episode is what we call entertaining and educational. So you're not just going to take away information, but you're also going to learn some stuff. You're going to be entertained. My goal is to help my audience to live a life of wholeness and if I can do that by one listener at a time it's lit like that's that's what essentially I want to do so make sure that you are subscribed to the audio version of this every single Wednesday or I'm going to say most Wednesdays because the schedule has been a bit busy all glory to God you know (laughs) sis has been on the road I don't know if y'all been following me but you know I've been traveling going to this place speaking that place for conferences and this place for speaking so it's been an amazing journey over the past few months but um, I try to get y'all episode every Wednesday. If I skip a Wednesday or two, please charge it to my schedule and not my heart because I'd rather be here every single week. But make sure you tune in every Wednesday for the audio version. And on Thursdays, the video, the vodcast is what they call it. The video version of the podcast premieres at nine o'clock p.m. on YouTube. So make sure that you are subscribed to my YouTube channel in order to stay up to date with everything that this podcast has to offer. The past few episodes have been amazing. So if you haven't listened to them yet, make sure that you check it out. The last episode was it was World Mental Health Day and I had my homegirl, Dr. Afia, on there. 
Prior to that, I had Auntie Shanti on there. So Auntie Shanti is an, a, mu a music veteran in the Atlanta area uh, who worked with so many amazing artists, including uh, Babyface, Outkast, TLC, uh, so many different artists. And she has a testimony about how she was able to overcome mental health challenges. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I need you to go back and to listen to that as well. If you are not listed on my subscription, uh, on my text messages, I need you to dial 21000 to pod to podcast to 21000. So make sure you text podcast to 21000. That way you can stay up to date with every single episode that we push out. And you can also text me. So a lot of people don't know this, but when you're texting that number, you're not just texting an automated number, but you are literally texting me. That's my phone. I get the messages that you guys send there. Sometimes people send their mental health questions that they want answered on the podcast. Sometimes people just send encouraging messages and telling me how great they think the episode was or just giving me any type of feedback that they feel is necessary. And let me tell you, I appreciate y'all who are, have been faithful, who have been tuned in, who have been texting me on that phone number. But if you haven't done so yet, I need you to do that right now. So as we get further into this podcast episode, I need to say it is October, even though we're going to wrap up this month soon, we are in the final quarter of the year. This is the last stretch. Firstly, I can't believe it's almost been a year since we've been here at the Paging Dr. Chanda podcast. But also there have been so many things that I've written down, and even as you reflect, um, as you, you may have written down things that you wanted to accomplish this year, and I can say I'm right on the verge of that. If it hasn't already been done, if God hasn't already showed up in that area, like when I tell you things are lining up in this final quarter with meetings on top of meetings on top of meetings with so many different organizations and people uh, who can continue to help spread the message with me regarding mental health, like I tell you, God has his hand on on this like his the hand of God is on this thing. And I'm so grateful for it. And so as we enter into this last quarter, uh, I was reflecting on a prophecy that I received. Um, one of the prophecies from Prophet Craig Mitchell, my good friend, Pastor Craig Mitchell. And he was saying, as we enter into the last quarter of the year, be specific with your prayers because God is listening. And I promise y'all, as I was reading that in my note section in my phone, I'm so happy I write down every prophecy that I received because it really helped me to recall like this word, number one. Number two, the fact that God listens and honors our requests and our petitions that we make known to him. And number three, I believe that God is going to, to honor that. The fact that we are in the fourth quarter, the last stretch of the year. And, and um, I have some things that I want God to do for me. And I, I'm going to hold God to that, that prophecy that I did receive. So, you know, uh, one, another one of my good friends say, be a, um, a word snatcher. Somebody get a prophecy. Uh, make sure you take that word for yourself. So for those of you who are listening to this podcast, let this fourth quarter, the last stretch of the year, be the year where you're specific with what you want to ask the Lord, what you want to ask God, whatever it is that you want him to do for your life, whether it's your finances, your profession, your career for your family, whatever it is, be specific with what you are asking and believe that God is going to show up for you and he's going to manifest it as only he can. So I know I got a little churchy on y'all, but, you know, that that fourth quarter means a lot to me because I, I really believe God is doing some things and some things are shifting. Um, it is also the month of ADHD Awareness Month. If you haven't 
uh, been tuned into the Minds of the Culture page. We've been talking about, and Minds of the Culture is my nonprofit, but we've been talking about ADHD awareness and how important it is for us to be aware of it. So many kids go undiagnosed, especially in our community, because people often diagnose us with the more, uh, the, the diagnoses that have the, the negative connotations, such as ODD and conduct disorder or, um, uh, defined just like all those different disorders that have negative stigmas attached to it when it actually could be ADHD. And I think once our community is more equipped in understanding how those symptoms present, we can advocate for our kids more so that they can get the services that they need in school. October is also, October 10th was also World Mental Health Day. So as I previously stated, I did a great event with my homegirl, Dr. Afia. And so we had a little, a little, virtual summit where we talked about black girl depression. And when I tell you this information was so lit, like so many people left that, um, that summit saying that it taught them a lot. It really helped them to understand how they think and the things that might present, how things might present to them in the world. And I don't think that we uh, spend enough time kind of like breaking down how depression presents because oftentimes people might say, Oh, I'm not depressed. Um, but when you kind of like go through all the symptoms, like being irritable or um, a decrease in hunger, a decrease in appetite, an increase in appetite, uh, a decrease in sex drive, like all of those things can be related to depressive disorders. And so especially as black women, we have to be aware of these things um, so that we can properly advocate for ourselves, receive the proper treatment for that as well. Uh, October the 11th, I don't know if y'all are signed up to my newsletter, but I also sent out a newsletter talking about October the 11th. That was a national holiday. Are y'all ready for this holiday? It was National Black Girl Day Off. And let me tell y'all, I took that day seriously. I didn't close down the practice. I didn't respond, respond to not near email, text message to my work phone, nothing. Because I wanted to take Black Girl Day Off seriously. And the whole, the, the history, the uh, notion behind Black Girl Day Off is basically to bring, allow black women to bring awareness to their own mental health needs. So as black women, we go through a lot of things, uh, you know, sexism, oppression, uh, racism, discrimination in the workplace, in society. And so it takes a toll on our mental health. And we constantly feel stretched because we have to show up in so many different roles and areas of our. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Lives, whether we're in career or whether we are the caretakers of our families. Um, we, we, a lot of people say, you know, women can be the, the backbone of many communities. And because we have so much on our plate, we have so much that we are uh, carrying, it can feel like a weight. Therefore, Black Girl Day Off was established as a day in order to encourage black women to take off in order to prioritize their mental health. So if you didn't do it today, that's fine. I'm going to encourage you to at least take one day out next month or, you know, a, month, a couple of months from now just to take a day off to prioritize your mental health. Why? Because it's our day, y'all. It's our day. If you missed it, listen, claim another day because at the end of the day, we have to prioritize our mental health and wellness and continue to um, strive toward wholeness, as I previously stated. So 
as we go into the next segment, y'all know one of my favorite segments of the Paige and Dr. Shonda podcast is the hot off the press segment. The hot off the press segment is where we talk specifically about mental health in the news and culture and why it's important for us to discuss these types of things. I always say, especially when I'm teaching, that psychology is all around us. We just have to pay attention to it. The way we think, the way we process, the way we behave, the way we interact with one another, that all falls into the realm of psychology. And when we're paying attention to like pop culture and everything else that's happening, uh, in our worlds and our societies and our communities, then we'll be able to understand like, wow, psychology is literally driving a lot of these different things. All right. So let's hop into it. We are talking about Kanye, drink champs and the family of our brother, George Floyd. So when I woke up this morning, I'm sure all of you have been privy to some of the things that Mr. Kanye West has been saying about um, just you know, things related to racism, things related to uh, George Floyd, uh, anti-Semitic things that he was saying in the news. And so when I woke up this morning, I woke up to a surprising headline and it read the family of George Floyd is suing Kanye. Check this for two hundred and fifty million dollars. I didn't say thousand. I didn't say two hundred fifty thousand. I said two hundred and fifty million dollars. They are currently suing him for defamation for uh, causing emotional damage and a host of other things. Now, prior to us getting to this point of the family suing Kanye West, let's break this down a little bit. So if you have been living under the rock, under a rock for the past two, two and a half years, then I'm going to explain to you who George Floyd is or was. And so George Floyd, our brother rest in peace, uh, is an individual who was killed, murdered, by law enforcement, specifically, namely, Derek Chauvin. And so he, he died as a result of having a knee to his neck in an, in an unlawful arrest, having a knee to his neck for over nine minutes. I believe it was about nine and a half minutes he had his knee on his neck. And as a result, he died. Now, there's no question in terms of how George Floyd died. In fact, the county medical examiner's office ruled that George Floyd's death was a homicide caused by Derek Chauvin's knee kneeling on his neck. Now, why are you going over this, Dr. Shonda? So let me tell you, over the past weekend, um, Kanye West was a guest on Drink Champs, the podcast. And so I'm familiar with Drink Champs. So I recently learned about them not too long ago. I actually like to listen to a few of their episodes because it's a podcast that talks about cultural things. It talks about hip hop. It talks about how um, a lot of legends paved the way even in hip hop and culture overall. And I listen to a few of their episodes. I like their controversial conversations. I like the way they kind of like talk about music history. I like the stories that they talk about, like legends regarding Prince and, you know, Michael Jackson stories. Like, I, I like that type of stuff. However, over the past weekend, they had Kanye West. And so Kanye West, West made some very disgusting comments. So among many of the dis- disgusting things that he was stating, Kanye West made a statement about George Floyd. He said that he did not die as a result of a knee to the neck, but George Floyd died due to fentanyl in his system. He said George Floyd died due to fentanyl in his system. And these disgusting comments went viral over the past week or so, whenever this episode aired. 
Now, the fact that this, this, this death, this homicide, this, this murder that we experienced as a nation took place uh, in, in front of all of us. We all had access to this information. We, a lot of us sat there and watched the nine and a half minutes that this knee was on our brother's neck. We saw the life literally leaving his body as they continued to kneel on his neck. Even though we've witnessed it, even though the science is backing this up and saying that the medical coroner said that he died due to the knee on his neck and nothing, by nothing else. Kanye West is saying that's not true. It was due to fentanyl. And this is rhetoric that he is listening to and spewing that from, from other sources such as Fox and you know, Candace Owens and other individuals who have continued to try to push this narrative in order to defame the legacy of George Floyd. Claiming that, that Floyd died from fentanyl is not only damaging to our community, but it also reinforces these ideas of white supremacists who want to defame the legacy of George Floyd. So many times in, in America, uh, you know, we might experience, we experience tragedy. We experience hurt. We experience our community being impacted and oppressed and discriminated against. And yet we have to, even with the proof in front of the, our, their faces, they continue to say things like it didn't happen the way you said it. Gaslighting us as if the things that we saw on TV were not accurate. As if the things that we saw on TV is contrary to what actually happened. It's literally gaslighting. And Kanye West does not realize when he's being used as a pawn by some of these people who are trying to spew this rhetoric. The fact of the matter is not only is this information accurate and he's spewing things that, that essentially uh, shifts the blame from law enforcement and puts the blame onto George Floyd, the individual who was the victim, not only is that damaging, but we have to keep in mind the, the, the things that happened in 2020 concerning George Floyd, the death that occurred, the homicide that occurred, that was traumatic for us to watch. It was literally traumatizing. And how do we define trauma? Trauma is basically experiencing something, whether it's internal or external, that you do not have the resources to cope with. People were traumatized. We experienced a collective trauma having to sit there and watch that. And yet to hear Kanye West spewing rhetoric that other people are also saying, because he ain't the only one who said it, saying that he did not die the way we think he died. Shifting blame from the officers and shifting it onto George Floyd. This is problematic in so many different areas because not only was it, was it traumatizing, and, and y'all don't have to believe me that it's traumatizing because the research backs that up, and I think I have the specific data. The data actually says the rate of black Americans showing clinically significant signs of anxiety or depressive disorders jumped from 36% to 41% in the week after the video of Floyd's death becoming public. That represents roughly 1.4 million people. So 1.4 million people that they, that they, they analyzed, they surveyed, had experiences of anxiety and depression after witnessing this death. So we were traumatized. We were experiencing significant emotion as a result of this. We experienced collective trauma. And one thing that I always teach my clients, whether they have loved ones who have been traumatized or they've been traumatized themselves, one of the worst things that we can do for individuals or a group of individuals who have been traumatized is to invalidate their experience.
And that is exactly what Kanye West does when he says that George Floyd didn't die the way we think he died. You are invalidating our lived experience. You are invalidating our trauma. You are invalidating the, the fears that we experience. You're invalidating the anxieties that we experience when we saw this happen. You're basically, again, that, that gaslighting piece. Not only is it invalidating, it also re-traumatizes us. Imagine how the family of George Floyd felt when they came across this news or this, this clip that's circling the internet spewing this false rhetoric. It's literally re-traumatization. Re-traumatizing. Basically, you're causing us to experience the trauma over and over and over again. A lot of us are still experiencing the effects of the race-based traumatic stress that we experienced two years ago because it's so hard for us to overcome when we continue to experience racism and discrimination and oppression every single day. Not only so it's invalidating, it returns. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Traumatizes and also it further perpetuates the criminalization of black people in America. So when we talk about black people in America, we're talking about a history of people continuously attempting to criminalize us, make us into to criminals, make us into quote unquote thugs, making us feel like, making us seem like we are the cause for our own turmoil. We're the cause for our own oppression in this, in this country. Shifting blame to George Floyd and criminalizing him, defaming his legacy. That is why I can't get with people who say, and it's all over my timeline, Oh, y'all are just um, coming at Kanye. What, what he's saying is so important. He's saying some things that are uh, legit. Granted, he may have said some things that have have been um, it, it may have been some valid things that he was saying. I don't know. I couldn't listen to the whole interview. But if it's that that one piece, if, if you're not speaking out against that one piece, because that's what's impacting us as black Americans. I can't take it. Like, I, I can't get with that. I really can't. And, you know, I was listening to another podcast that I often listen to, um, one of my favorite podcasts. Bridget Kelly was, Bridget Kelly was saying, uh, because in America, black people, we, we have a history of being oppressed, right, which is absolutely valid. We have a history of being oppressed. Therefore, when someone goes against the grain and when they have ideas that don't align with the norm, then we automatically say, oh, that person's preaching. That person is, you know, that person is God sent without actually vetting the information that they're saying because the person is going against the system that we think is that, of course, the system that has oppressed us for years because that person is spewing rhetoric that goes against the system. We automatically, oftentimes people automatically back that person. But that is not the case with this. If you're spewing false information, misleading information, you need to be called out. You need to be called out. And so that's why we have to make sure that we are holding people like Kanye West. I don't care how many billions of dollars he has, how many followers he has, how many endorsements he has. We have to continue to hold people like that accountable. Oh, but Dr. Shonda, what about drink champs? What about Nori? <laughs> don't worry. We're going to get there, too, because I feel as though 
everybody in that circle needs to be held accountable. Kanye West wasn't the only one in that room while he was saying those things. It was literally a, a group of individuals who could have stopped the interview or intervened or challenged his perspective or said that's actually not true, that doesn't align with facts. Some people are arguing, well, you know, um, it's about freedom of speech. You know, he could say, no, you cannot say things that are, are, are false. It's literally been scientifically disproven that George Floyd didn't die of, of fentanyl. He died of, of homicide. He was killed. And so when we say, when we hear people saying things like that, it's not free speech. You're lying. And so that's why I believe that, you know, I, I respect uh, Nori, he's a, a veteran rapper, retired rapper. Um, the DJ, I forgot his name. Like, they're, they're veterans in the hip-hop industry. I respect y'all. But also, there has to be a level of accountability with this. Because it's not cool for somebody to come on your platform to talk about X, Y, and Z, and y'all not check them in the moment. I get it. I heard the apology. I was listening to The Breakfast Club. I heard it. They said, oh, we called Kanye afterward. That's fine, but he did the damage in the moment. Who challenged him in the moment? If you really love him, if you really care about Kanye, how do you hold him accountable? Even the Bible talks about how the Lord corrects those who he loves. I, I can't say that I love you and not correct you. I can't say that I care for you and I care about your well-being. I care about your mental health, even if that's the part of the conversation. I can't say I care about those things if I'm not holding you accountable for the things that you're saying and the things that you're doing. And I feel as though drink champs dropped the ball when they did that. It's cool you apologize later, but at the same time, I question the apology. Because after the interview... Um, Nori, I saw a tweet with him saying, you know, our podcast had more views than the Super Bowl over the weekend. That doesn't sound apologetic. That seems like you're celebrating it. It seems like you were, you were, you were hype about the numbers and the ratings or whatever. It didn't get to a place where an apology was evoked until there was backlash associated. So if an apology is elicited after the backlash, how legitimate is the apology? I'm not saying he's not apologetic. Granted, sometimes when people, you know, make mistakes or they might do things or say things or, or not do things as they should have, sometimes people coming to them and letting them know like the errors that they did wrong, that might open up their eyes to the, the damage that they've caused. I believe that could have been a legit moment for him. He, he may actually be sorry. But next time we just got to do better. We don't wait until the damage is done and then apologize. That's not how things work. And also, I have another issue. I have another issue with Drink Champs because, like I said, I respect the platform. I enjoy the podcast. But this specific interview, I feel as though we already knew what type of time Kanye was on prior to him even coming on Drink Champs over last weekend. So this was a time where he was on the red carpet with, with um, I don't even like to say the lady's name, Candace, Candace Owens. He was on the red carpet with them, supporting their movie, supporting, you know, the, these different social media platforms that they have. Like, he, they, we already know the type of time he was on, so why even extend the invite if we know he was going to be, be there spewing that type of rhetoric? 
In addition to that, I also question, yeah, so Kanye was wrong for the comments that he made, but I also feel as though there was some level of exploitation happening with Kanye. He was invited to this platform and literally, you, you can't even follow the interview going from one topic to the next, to the next, to the next. Nobody intervened. Nobody said, let's pick this up next week. He was literally in a manic episode. So as a psychologist, like I'm trained to know how to, to pick up on things like that. Kanye West has uh, publicly endorsed being bipolar. So I'm not diagnosing him. And I know that would be ethically inaccurate for me to do as a psychologist who has never evaluated him. He said this himself. But what I can say, the, the things that I saw, the, the flight of ideas is what we call it, going from one topic to the next, the pressured speech, like those are symptoms of a manic episode. My guy was obviously manic. So why continue to, to exploit that and, and to want to wanna get ratings off of that? And so overall, my, my main point, the main thing that I'm saying here, whether you're a Kanye West, a Nori, um, you know, a, a Dr. Shonda, a, a Susie down the street. I don't care who you are or what profession you have or the title that you hold. We all have some level of influence in this world. Whether we are influencing a group of people on social media, influencing people through music, influencing your family because you're a parent. We all have some level of influence. We impact other people. But we have to be accountable for our own behaviors and the things that we say. Nothing that should ever leave your mouth, nothing that leaves your mouth, no behavior that you exhibit should ever go without you asking yourself, who am I impacting or how will I impact others by doing this or saying this or not doing this, not intervening in this? We all have some, some level of accountability. We have some level of influence, therefore we need to be held accountable. I don't care if you're a doctor, a lawyer, uh, a parent, a podcast host, whatever. We need to be holding ourselves accountable and holding our brothers and sisters accountable. Some of us could be asking God for more. Like, how do I get, you know, more influence? How do I grow in this area or that area of my career or this profession or, or have more of an influence? But how can, you, how can you be trusted with more if you haven't governed what you have currently? If you haven't been a good steward over the, the level of influence that you currently have, if you haven't been held, if you haven't been holding yourself accountable in that area, how can God bless us with more? And that's all I'm saying. We have to, there should be a level of accountability within ourselves, within our culture, and with our communities. So hold yourself accountable. So y'all, that's my, my little TED talk for today. Uh, we got some more episodes lined up. So if you are not subscribed to the text messages, I need you to text podcast to 21,000. Don't forget to make sure that you are subscribed to everywhere this podcast is posted on every audio platform, as well as on YouTube and other video platforms on Thursdays. And don't forget to come back. You have the power to create the emotions that you want to experience. God bless.
If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.